keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everybody, to Wrestle Roasts. I am your host, Dan St. Germain. I'm here with Mike. I'm here with Scott. I'm here with Robert Karpolis. But before I even get to the shows that we're going to talk about, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give the floor to Mike. Uh, Mike, the Forbidden Dorks, anxiously await this announcement. Uh, yeah, I'm being replaced by Cesaro. No, uh, <laughs> um, I am. Uh, I, I got a job. Yay! Uh, I, I record this usually two two thirty Pacific. Everyone else is on the East Coast, and um, so uh, I have a, a day job, and it's going to be really hard for me to record. And wrestling isn't interesting enough for me to be flexible about it. Uh, don't so. bury don't bury people listening to our show again, but. Yes, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not bearing. I'm bearing Tony Khan, Vince McMahon, and their terrible programming. Um, I'm just saying this is very easy for me to do. I wish it was harder. Uh, Wednesday's Dynamite made this a very easy choice. Just, I will. Like internet trolley way of like leaving a fucking podcast. <laughs> well, it was really terrible. Uh, well, terrible. We, we wanted to like jump you to write you off. We were yeah. trying to hit you with a car or something, but we were like, <laughs> ah, you already walk funny enough. We don't want to fuck your back up too bad. I, I think Scott wanted to tell me off while Dan and Robert just stared at each other awkwardly. Me <laughs> <laughs> and you beating each other up. <laughs> so, so like, just to clarify, the takeaway for this uh, Forbidden Dorks, if you like Mike on the show, don't watch the show that he's going to be working on. Hope it gets canceled quickly and he'll be back uh, soon. Can you say yeah. what show you're working on? Um, I don't want to at the moment. Okay. I, you know, I don't want to jinx it. It's a cool, it's a cool show, and uh, yeah. we wish you about a guy who runs a donut shop. It's and gonna be a fucking home run. You're uh you're <laughs> Robert Robert couldn't leave without hitting everybody. Um, Mike will, of course, the door is open to come back as a guest or a host. Um, wait, you're saying the door isn't forbidden? Well, now I'm interested. It's forbidden. No, it's a, it's definitely, <laughs> but, no, but you know, I, I love, I love the, the dorks. I love you guys. Um, it was funny, man. Me, Dan, and Scott, uh, I, I went to New York and I, I got to hang out, but the Robert was not there because Robert made the brilliant decision to live in Florida the rest of his life. And, um, <laughs> hey, my parents did, uh, and, and you know they're not smart either. My but burial plot's yeah. plot non-refundable. I'm staying here. <laughs> I got you. Um, <laughs> he's a he's a Jew that moved when he was young. No, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> no, we missed him. But it was like I was like, man, I have so much fun talking with these guys, and 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 now I'm gonna have to do it about Okada skinny jeans. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I, I I hopefully will be back some of the time, but I, I don't know when. And uh, 
I'll still be on the Facebook page sometimes, probably less on that. And, and also, um, another thing that's making this really easy, uh, I am Team Booker T. He's right about Adam Cole. <laughs> well, we'll get into that. That'll probably be your high spot of the week. But uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's get into some show business. Um, next week, we're going to be doing just a regular show. But in July, we've got the roasts of Jesse Ventura and The Godfather. In August, we've got Seth Rollins and Triple H. For Patreon, uh, this for this week, we decided we're going to cover Forbidden Door on the regular show next week, um, which, Robert, you can dip out of if you want. But Scott and I will be doing a Forbidden Door preview episode for Patreon. Uh, as a gift to Mike, we decided not to do it on the normal show. Um, we also may talk about some patriotism in wrestling. It's going to be a fun show. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk enough about the Forbidden Door preview on on, on this show, but, but if in you want to get to the nitty gritty, we're nitty gritty. We're me and Scott talk real New Japan. Uh, yeah, in in New Japan style, we think it's better if it's four people talking over each other, as opposed to just you know two people focused on something because that's not interesting at but all ever in wrestling. Guys, if you want to like, wait, what? Wait, that's not New Japan style though. That happened on AEW uh, television. Where, if you want the extra, let me try to sell our fucking podcast. They love their shitty multi-man stuff. All right, Scott. Uh, if our five-dollar Patreon is great, and if you don't have, <laughs> if you have no other reason to get our five-dollar Patreon, please. We're doing the roast of Sunny next week. It's going to be a fucking blast. In August, we're doing the roast of Marty Jannetty. I think they may be our most hardcore roasts ever. Uh, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to roast Marty. We're going to talk Marty about Marty tangentially a little bit today. Um, and uh, as far as other Patreon shows, we're doing we're doing Sunny, and then we're. Um, uh, we're going to be due in July 11th. We're off. July 18th, Bash of the Beach, 1996. July 25th as our wrestling video game special. August 1st, Roast of Marty Jannetty. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of lot of fun stuff. We'll be getting to the August Patreon. As always, for uh, the Something of Sports Entertainment with Robert, we'll be do, reviewing Raw. I sometimes join. Uh, and then I will be reviewing Retro Smackdown, which, Robert, you should jump on one of these at some point. Um, but until then, <laughs> I did not plan this, folks. I did not know that this was going to be Mike's last episode. Um, but here it is. It's perfect. The roast of Lonnie Poffo. And there's... there's <laughs> and you there's still no, say Lonnie, you fucking idiot. Oh, Lanny Poffo. Lanny. It's yeah. just one of those things. I know a Lonnie, so I confuse them. The roast of Lanny Poffo. I have never seen a wrestler Mike has hated more than this. Well, there is one, and it's part of the reason I'm not wanting to be on the show anymore. Uh, for the for, I, for, okay, out of all the retired wrestlers, do you hate before we get to the bright side? Do you hate Lanny the most? I think yeah, I he is not the most problematic. Let's get that out of the way. So I, you know, it's it's weird. This to is a personal to, thing. This isn't. He didn't marry a twelve year old. He didn't murder his family. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> no those would be interesting things and i cannot be seen doing those i'm sorry which uh, no, carl malone got away with by the way you know, the, 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 um carl malone was be, a better wrestler you know, you know what i try to do in, in with wrestling is like would i not like them in comedy um and and lanny is the ultimate nepotism dude 
and I don't like nepotism anywhere. And, you know, he's not untalented, but he his fame has far outreached what he was capable of. And it's only because he had the best brother ever, you know, like Randy looked out for this dude his entire life um, up until when I was when I was doing research on Savage. That was one of Savage's caveats. Savage was so wanted by Vince that Savage was like, I, only if Liz and Lanny come with me. And then obviously there's the WCW, you know, story of Lanny sitting at home, <laughs> cashing <laughs> six figure fucking checks. You know, I mean, before, before Brock Anderson, before, you know, Dominic, or uh, I'm trying to think, you know, I mean, there's definitely nepotism brothers in wrestling. Uh, you, know, you know, I guess, I guess Stevie Ray in a way, <laughs> but like, I mean, Lanny is the dude who fucking, I mean, they were so close. Uh, as, even when like up until when, when Randy passed, like he took care of his family so well, uh, financially and in every way. And, you know, and it's so annoying. But, but, too, well, that, Lanny credits his financial success to saving. He's a certified credit counselor. Oh, there you go. Well, it but is it's, June. <laughs> that's true. But it is interesting that, like, one of the coolest people ever in wrestling, like, has one of the lamest brothers. Like, there's just something perfect about it. Like, Randy is fucking awesome. His look, everything about it. And then you have this guy. And, it, like, their voice, like, how, how does one guy sound like this and another guy sound like that it's fucking weird <laughs> but it's infinitely fascinating um you know he's also he's the pafo with kids he he's continuing the pafo uh dynasty randy never had children and, and lanny uh did so that's that's further proof there's a god that i i think like randy couldn't and lanny can <laughs> <laughs> but uh um, how, how depressing would it be if lanny uh Lonnie somehow usurped a, a baby in that adoption agency for me. <laughs> oh God. If Lanny adopted a baby over me, I, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> listen, Mike uh, was never on Saturday night's main event in, uh, which, which Scott has said, uh, Scott, and I'm sure you'll talk about this more, Scott, but like, apparently the genius versus Hogan is Kenny Omega's favorite match is a kid. Yeah, let's get to the bright match. side a little bit. Oh, a I think we were talking the bright side. Well, right? No, I, I, I do want to just, uh, he uh, he did win a bunch of NWA titles when NWA was splintered to like a bunch of promotions that didn't matter. Um, he's, he, the match with him and and Hogan was actually great. I, I, I saw it. I thought it was really good for what it was, you know, like it was a fun comedy match. The match with him and Hogan works so well because it, because it's a comedy match. It's just theater. You're watching little occurrences happen. And so of course that's going to be better than a Hulk Hogan match. It's just yeah. Hulk Hogan, you know, being confused and being tricked and having to deal with a, a pain in the ass. It's like, it's fun. It's not just like, Oh, Hulk Hogan punching a guy. He's hulking up. You know, I think that's why it sticks out. In the, I, it probably didn't stick out at the time, but looking back, you can pull it out and go, oh, this Hulk Hogan match is different, at least. You know, you yeah, know, it's you like know the best Toriano match ever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you, know, you know what's interesting, too, is that it lets you know how big, like, the Attitude Era and the Monday Night Wars was because, you know, WCW did have Lanny, and they're like, 
yeah, just please stay home. It'll actually help our company. We want to try to beat WWF. Whereas now, like, if there was a Lanny Poffo in AEW, he would he would be there prominently, or at least not prominently, but like a good amount. I mean, maybe not in this current iteration, but like the twenty. Well, he's bigger than everybody in AEW, so they yeah, that, that that's true. But you know, um, there is there is something like because he is competent, like in some like he's a better manager than like a smart Mark Sterling. There there is like this punchability about him that works as the genius. Um, and I mean, him with perfect, I think, is perfect uh, at his at his best. I actually, this is probably my biggest bright side. I think he works better with perfect than Heenan does. What about the coach? Yeah, that guy sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, and, and but it's interesting too. Like the genius, the brain, like the intelligence was just a thing that you went to wrestling to boo. <laughs> he fucking yeah. smart. No, I, I have a, a roast joke about that. Um, just some. I do think the gimmick is kind of fun. It's it is you know. I don't think he's the best. Is he the best version of this gimmick? That's my question. No, I do think it's the brain. Yeah, but I mean, do you consider the brain the same gimmick? Oh, just that that super smart guy that brags about how smart he is. I mean, yeah, I mean they're, they're different in some ways, but the brain is just a much the yeah, brain, I guess the brain like, wizard. There's yeah, by that rationale, like Seth Rollins has that gimmick now, and he's actually doing a great job with it. But um, yeah, and, and the last thing I'll say, well, two things. I actually sit. I actually think that getting a check from a company and never having to work for five years is a bright side. I mean, I think like that shows you're a great scam artist. Like he was able to do that. It's pretty awesome, man. And then well, the he was sec- just in the right nutsack at the right time. Uh, he, he's basically, I mean, he's like the, he's like a lesser note. Like it's like when I had, to, I had to do something with Damon Wayans Jr. And they brought another one of the Wayans there to do punch up. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Cause you know, he was fine or whatever, but that, I mean, you know, that's, that's the whole point of, of being famous. And, and, and also the, the number one bright side is he had a huge, he put dick, some respect guys. on Keenan's name. He apparently could suck his own dick. I, Mike sent me the video today, uh, which I totally forgot about is that he used to suck his own dick uh, for the boys. Uh, and, and it's a really funny video because it's Marty Jannetty talking about it who again describes it like it's a Mark Twain story. And at the very end, the last line of the story is uh, Shawn Michaels looked at him and, and, and said under his breath, he only got the tip in, <laughs> which I think is like super funny. Um, Scott, what do you got bright side of Lanny Poffo? Oh, very easily the, the, the lamest person we've roasted in terms of shoot interviews and in terms of promos, I think this Just is like, bright side though. This is bright. Side. Oh yeah, but lame is cool. Lame is fine. <laughs> yeah, lame can be nice. Hey, look, he's bigger than his brother. He's big, like you know, he's got he's larger than his brother, uh, and he's and yeah, he's if alive. If you saw them without a gimmick, right. like hey, just, there's a win. Just um, in their underwear, you would think he was the wrestler and not his brother. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and look, uh, he seems to be very happy uh, with his family. And he had he has a daughter that he's very happy uh, uh, with her and how she turned out. And you know, a lot of people can't say that. That's really cool. Uh, I don't know. He made a lot of money, man. Like WCW just paid him to stay home and shit. Like it's you can't knock him for that. I mean, I guess you could knock him for constantly coming back. 
But how are you going to make money? I don't know. It's tough. Yeah, he's a good guy. Good guy? I don't know. Is he a good guy? <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty he good. Cool. He looks cool. He's got like a cool head. Like he, like, he looks like Clark Kent, kind of. I will say I'd be, out of all the wrestlers that like. Now, with a short I, hair. Yeah, but that, like, okay, of, of all like the legends that my wife and I would bump into drunk, if I would prefer him over a lot of guys. Oh, most definitely. You know, yes, I'm like, yes. all right, he's not going to like try to make a pass or kill me. So, um, Robert, Brightside. Yeah. Um, all right. <sighs> no, no I, I got this. I'm good. I'm good. I can do this. All right. This is like I'm opening up like chapter and verse of like the depressing world of working at WWE. But one of the responsibilities that everybody had was you used to have, we all used to have to QC. Uh, stuff that was going to air on WWE 24-7. So we had to watch a lot of old Boston Garden, Madison Square Garden, Philadelphia Spectrum, house show uh, specials. And when Lanny Poffo was on them, his matches for that era were generally more entertaining than most. The leaping Lanny stuff, like he did to some degree, so a little bit of high flying. And when you're watching like six Moondog spot matches, you'll take anything that's different. And those poems and throwing the Frisbees out to the crowd was super over to that audience. And it was a very smart gimmick for him to come up with. And it's something that was able to be, you know, you could sell it. You're making merchandise off of it. A, a very wise idea. Yes, it's a nepotism hire, but he's at least competent and capable in the ring and was able to go out there. And if he needed to enhance the guy, he was going to make the guy look good. So when you needed, and I know they hate jobber, when you needed a, a named jobber, Lanny Poffa was fantastic in that role as a baby face that's going to win over the local crowd with a, with a dumb poem, and then he's going to get destroyed, and he's going to look convincing when he gets destroyed, because he, he did have a really good physique. Uh, a very well-liked guy in the business, generally speaking, nobody really has a lot of bad things to say about Poffo. Uh, he was always a very even keeled, very, you know, helpful guy uh, in his in his own mind. He thinks he's a big star. And the way that he used that star power was to write, you know, children's books, encouraging them not to smoke. Like he took up a, it's it's again, it's a very dorky cause, but it's like I'm going to use my fame to make sure kids don't smoke cigarettes like there's something kind of nice about that, that that's he's not like out there fucking rats. It's I want to, you know, try to give back. And in his mind, he thinks that's what's going to help them. It speaks a little bit to his altruism. I don't think he's ever hidden the uh, the nepotism thing, but he's never put himself in a position where he was going to be a legitimate main eventer. And there's guys who would do that if, you know, let's say they were working for a I don't know, like a Tony K or a T con just to make it anonymous. Uh, and you're like, Hey, this guy is my, 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 you know, bullet club brother. We got to make sure this guy gets a, a top spot somewhere. Lanny was never really top of the card. And when he was in that Hogan match, it was played for comedy. And as the genius, look, he made the Beverly brothers, one of the top 30 tag teams in 1991. And that is a, a real accomplishment. And had he not done that, we wouldn't have, have Von Wagner today. So fuck you, Lanny Poffo. <laughs> All right, let's get to the roast of Lanny Poffo. Mike, dealer's choice. Okay. Um, uh, let's go with uh, let's go with Scotty. All right, here we go. 
We're roasting Lanny Poffo. You know, Lanny Poffo, the genius. Leaping Lanny, leaping brother of crashing Randy. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> Vince called him the genius because he's as boring as books. <laughs> uh, if he's so smart, how'd he not figure out he sucks? He reads poems like they're off the medieval times menu. <laughs> we have the chicken. <laughs> Not peasant, and oh, I fucked that up. Oh, why is that fucked up? Okay, anyway, his promos feel like a poet who is performing for the king, not realizing he's bombing and is about to be killed. <laughs> he's a genius in that it's mathematically impossible to give a shit about him. He's like watching lead paint dry. The genius, but the only reason a light bulb flashes over his head is because Randy paid the electricity. <laughs> He talks about sucking his own dick with his head up his ass. It's pretty amazing. You got to watch it. Just type that up online. Uh, Jeb Bush asked brother, um, excuse me, Randy, may I have a word? Asked brother. He's the boring calling Hanks to Randy's exciting Chet Hanks. And a year ago, I'd call him the Daniel Baldwin of his family. But since the shooting, Lanny is the Alec Baldwin of his family. <laughs> WCW paid him to sit at home for four years. The most generous thing a company has done to the television viewer ever. Here's another million. Just stay home. Don't come to TV ever. Uh, his finisher was the honor roll. And after his matches, I wanted a mercy killing. <laughs> and he's six foot two. But now I can't find a way to word this joke, but he's six foot two, right? But I feel like because he's grown up with Randy, the way he says it is probably like, I'm six foot two. <laughs> that's it next <laughs> Is that it yeah <laughs> okay all right i'll go next um leaping lanny poffo was a jobber who's well known imagine steve lombardi if the only dick he sucked was his own <laughs> yes, Lanny's pulsating penis was impressive in its diameter and easier to endure than his scattershot pentameter. <laughs> yes, Lanny wishes he was known as the man who played the genius, but really, he's just the guy who can swallow his own penis. <laughs> Why did he get into wrestling? Heck, he should have been in porn. He'd make a pretty penny just by tooting his own horn. <laughs> Lanny's flexible enough to kiss his own fanny and I tell you that's not a fib between Owen Perfect and Fuji they must have taken all his ribs <laughs> yes there he was in the locker room cheering on his brother Randy then bending over for his own cock as if it was sweet candy sure Randy was the world champ the poffo with all the buzz but we would all turn that fame down to do what Lanny does would you rather be wrestling Hogan and laying down with Liz or be so pliable and nimble that you can slurp on your own jizz? Randy's in the Hall of Fame for the prowess he showed in the ring, but Lanny's just as respected for being able to do his own thing. <laughs> it's going to be any day now that Lanny will wind up dead, crashed into a tree in Florida, after giving himself roadhead. <laughs> <laughs> yes!
<laughs> oh, that was a great yeah. Lonnie too. That was a great Lonnie. Oh, thank man. you, thank you. Um, you know, I just uh, uh, just uh, channel um, not being talented. Oh man, that was pretty great. Okay, uh, Robert, uh, you sound like Bert on steroids. <laughs> yeah, there was someone great. from Sesame Street. Yes, uh, Lanny Poffo has a tremendous physique. He got his toned abs from doing dozens of crunches and developed his impressive forearms from holding on to Randy's coattails for decades. Randy is famous, uh, famously anti-cigarette. He's uncomfortable with anything that generates heat. <laughs> Ran, uh, Lanny Poffo is famously anti-cigarette because he is very cautious about anything he'd put in his own mouth. <laughs> It's ironic, it's ironic, Jesus fuck. Uh, it's ironic that Lanny would come to the ring in a cap and gown and Randy would come out to pomp and circumstance when there isn't a GED between them. <laughs> Lanny and Randy are like the Elias and Ezekiel of their time, though I'm sure Mike would prefer they were the Cain and Abel. <laughs> a real anomaly, Poffo is noted for being both the nicest guy and biggest dick in wrestling. <laughs> the legend of his dick makes him the Batista of his era, but unlike Drax, the only thing destroyed by Lanny were ratings and ticket sales and fans' interest. Lanny's dick is so big it makes China's clit look reasonable by comparison. Lanny's dick is so big it was a member of the NWO Black and White and Wolfpack simultaneously. Lanny's dick is so big it flew first class while Papa was in coach. Lanny's dick is so big it was nicknamed John Laurinaitis. <laughs> Lanny's dick is so big it can only be measured in Adam Coles. <laughs> Poffo sounds like something JBL would call Orlando Jordan. <laughs> Lanny achieved a seemingly insurmountable feat by being the least charismatic man born in Calgary, dramatic pause, Alberta, Canada. He grew up in Downers Grove, named after the pills that would eventually kill his brother. <laughs> All right. I have two Scott jokes because fuck it, it's Lanny Poffo. He would recite poetry before wrestling, making him the first ever slam poet. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. Second Scotch. He briefly competed in Knight's Armor in a futile attempt to get over. Uh that was too smart for me. I didn't get that one. I'll, I'll email it to I, you I later. The genius holds a win over Hulk Hogan will be Bret Hart's dying words. <laughs> <laughs> what a legacy. When you stop someone on the street and ask them to name him a significantly less talented brother of a major superstar that changed the business, do you know who they'd say? You guessed it, Frank Stallone. <laughs> and finally because i feel like we're obligated to do this today we roast lanny the genius to some a jobber in this business who was second to none poffo inspired a thought in you and in me that we wish it was him who slammed into that tree <laughs> that's it for me uh, that's great oh man the tree wishes too okay dan <laughs> um Okay. The Roast of Lanny Poffo, or How We Finally Broke Mike Lawrence. Uh, 
He looks like an orangutan going undercover as a human. Uh, he he got heat in the locker room for uh, sucking his own dick uh, because Patterson accused him of stealing his gimmick. Um, you know you suck when your heel gimmick is guy who graduates. Uh, he, he talks like a deaf person that doesn't deserve hearing. <laughs> Well, I know my brother stole the show at WrestleMania 3, had Hogan's greatest feud, and is in every fan's top 10 of all time. But did he read a poem at Uncle Elmer's wedding? I think not. (laughs) (laughs) You know you suck when your brother was accused of fucking a high schooler, but the thing people hate most about him is getting you a job. (laughs) His last match was against Mabel, which sounds like something I'll repeat over and over again when Sarah finally leaves. Uh, it's a shame Leapin' Lonnie wasn't followed by Off a Building. Um, <laughs> Macho Man got him a job at WCW, who didn't use him his entire five years. He's wrestling's Milton from Office Space, but but my brother Randy said I can wrestle and have a stapler. Um, if you think the genius was bad, his baby face character was who's up for Frisbee. Uh, he tried a work shoot with Hannibal. Now you guys can stop worrying because if I was ever going to kill myself, it would have been after reading that sentence. In 1993, he wrestled in Germany. The event was called 48 years too late. Uh, He's also a certified credit counselor. And just like that, the last Lady Russell Roast's fan's pussy turned to dust. Uh, His match with Hogan is Kenny Omega's favorite. Kenny really leading into the gay guy who likes things ironically gimmick. (laughs) (laughs) And and finally, say what you want about Lanny Poffo. But to me, he'll always be just a guy who published a comic book before Michael Lawrence. <laughs> That's it for me. That's the meanest thing you've that said. That was the shoot. What was that, man? What? Well, th- thank you, Mike. <laughs> I-, I had to leave with a roast. But thank Mike, you've made the show great. We appreciate you every week doing your thing. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Man. I'm going to be on here for like 25 more minutes. I know, but I wanted to... Before people, before people, before people turn off when we talk about our show in hell, which is a, a segment between Hannibal and Lanny Poffo, I wanted to get that out. Mike, yes. Dan's um, now going to sing "Tell Me a Lie." Mike, for you, I picked uh, for our show in hell this week two of your favorite wrestlers. It is clearly uh, Lanny Poffo pretending to have like beef with with Hannibal going backstage. Slapping Hannibal hard in the face, like really hard in the face. Uh, and then Hannibal shoots on him, gets him down on the ground, threatens to break his arm. And of all people, Honky Tonk Man breaks it up, which that's how you know a giveaway that it's a work shoot because no way Honky Tonk Man would ever break anything up in the locker room. If you've ever heard any of his shoot interviews, he would either be entertained or not give a fuck. Um, yeah, and Honky Tonk Man with a haircut that. Makes him look like the chicken from Mighty Max. This, uh, I mean, this match is this is terrible. so uncomfortable, man. This just feels yeah, this, like, like watching your dad get too drunk at the shore. You know, it's just really, it's really uncomfortable. Mike, what did you think of this? Yeah, this, this video could be called 
where would I drop the nuke? Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there's no one. There's also a here. guy like, in a yeah. guy fax mask. Some, for some yeah, I know. And he's the most likable person. <laughs> but it's it's funny because yeah, it's like no one's a good actor here. Hannibal, you know, gets slapped, and it's also it's like a shoot. But the whole point is to make Hannibal look tough because, and and it's like, and just just um, Lanny being mad is so funny. He's like, I'm 55. Come on, you know. He sounds he sounds like you made fun of him because he's too tall for his automobile. Well, it's uh, so funny because he uses in the beginning. He's like. I'm 55. I'm too old for this shit. I'm going to beat this guy's ass. And then after he gets his ass beat, he's like, I'm 55. How dare you? <laughs> You're hitting on the elderly. Um, no, man, this was, this was fucking uh, atrocious on every level. Uh, and, and I mean, you know, it, I, I saw this before I knew, like I, I saw like Hannibal shoot videos before I knew Hannibal's backstory and once you get the backstory I guess you're like okay make money however you can but like oh god he's still not like <laughs> yeah I think this is the best thing Hannibal's done I think I mean that's the only that's a compliment to Lanny I guess this is the most enjoyable thing I've watched involving Hannibal and when I first saw it I believed it I thought it was real I was very confused about what exactly it was so that's impressive too the, the real highlight of this video is when he's first walking in the back it's Honky Tonk Man talking to two clearly under 21 girls who have red solo cups and are getting drunk. And I'm worried for their safety more than anyone else. Because that in and of it's like that did not end well. Uh, and and not I didn't really pay attention. I watched the clip. I didn't realize it was Hannibal at first. I thought it was Wildcat Chris Harris. And I was like, wow, he looks pretty good. And then I was, oh, no, no, it's just like and then not that good. And yeah, Honky Tonk Man's hair with his weird ponytail down the back. Uh, it was, it was, it was rough. Um, this was, I don't know what the point, like, I get the idea was they were trying to like drum up business and turn it into like, Oh, it's, this is a, this is a shoot. Now you want to see these guys wrestle. And then they work themselves into a shoot where I guess Poffo hates Hannibal. So wrestling. Oh, is that was, true? I didn't look at the yeah, back. Apparently they went out hating each other. Like they got in, they got angry at each other for real because wrestling is fucking stupid. And oh, so uh, it started out as a work and then eventually became a shoot, but we didn't we didn't film the interesting part of it. Right. I love the, that they're yeah. not smart enough to stay working. Well, that we'll get to that when we get to Jay Lethal and Ric Flair. Oh, okay. <laughs> Was Lethal pissed because he's not on the card? Is that it? It feels like a work. It's like you think he's you think he really gives a shit that he's like, I'm not on this one card, and he's it, no, yeah. it feels like this feels like they're they're trying to drum up a little Hannibal style work shoot, but nobody has Hep C yet. And uh, so you know, weird. this was like Conrad's draw is right the last, idea. The last match, the draw is you know, not 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 a work shoot, right? Anyway, no, but the draw want... is Josh Alexander versus Jacob Fatu, which was announced today because yeah, somehow they're going to sell less tickets. Have yep, they announced because... the Have they announced Flair's last match yet? No, no, they had a press conference and. Apparently, they said nothing of the card besides one match that everybody knew already going into the press conference. Josh Alexander. Yeah. I like Jacob Fett, too. Yeah. They're, ju they're just hoping that Okada shows up in mom jeans five days before, and that'll make people want to buy it. Well, let's get into it, because we are, we are up to what could be perhaps Mike Lawrence's final Dynamite or Dud. 
uh hour one a uh, even brian, if i come back uh, <laughs> yeah. hour run a uh a brian danielson wait, promo. wait did you get like the roman reigns contract where you only have to show up for certain segments you don't have to sit through this bullshit i fucking hope so man uh this this broke me man i i, I said the one two weeks ago did and 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 then last week was kind of okay, but like this is just and, and the thing right, is, well, let's, even get, if, let's go to hour one. I'll, right, I'll, I'll do it to Mike. It's uh Daniel Bryan Bryan Danielson promo where he announces he uh, will be sending a replacement wrestler to Forbidden Door, which people are saying is going to be Cesaro, uh, and he won't be in Blood and Guts. Rapongi, uh, Vice, and Orange Cassidy versus United Empire. Or it was like Osprey and Aussie Open. I, I, I don't know what's technically United Empire, what's Aussie Open. Uh, a Christian homo promo pretend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys are fucking three years old. Yeah, you loved it probably. A Christian promo explaining his. A Christian promo explaining his heelish accents. Malachi Black. And finally, for uh, the Mid Atlantic title, I believe, or the Atlantic, whatever the fuck it is. Um, Mal- <laughs> Malachi Black. I think Tony said that backstage too before uh, yeah, before they walked out. Pentagon uh, <laughs> to see who gets it's, the it's the mid it's the mid Lanny uh, the mid Lanny title. Lanny Popo uh, Mal- Malachi is going to come out in a Lanny Popo is going to come out in a Kentucky debutante dress and present it to the winner. <laughs> well, it was it was uh, it would have been a little bit you know more exciting i guess but uh there was also a miro promo which which was awesome but mike what did you think of this first hour oh man this was oof yeah slam the fucking forbidden door on this company man (laughs) i always say the most important thing in show business is to fail on your own terms and the fact that AEW isn't even doing that that they're like it's just i mean i guess they are in some ways but like this just wasn't even like i can't even imagine if you are a big new japan fan that this build is exciting to you like and i know that there will be like good matches but like this is i think been a complete disaster i think not having mjf has really so really you for hurt. sure are not going to watch forbidden door on saturday i am not no no i will not be um for mental health reasons man because watching this build hasn't been enjoyable and, and and they haven't done anything to make me seem like it's important like okay so like i don't care who wins between mox and tanahashi because the actual guy i like just isn't there i mean look like there is some stuff out of their control in terms of uh the injuries and and, and i'm not gonna but but even like to, to, to talk about the beginning of this episode why in the fuck would you open it with a guy saying that he's not going to be on your pay-per-view and then he's not going to be on the show next week. Like, I don't, I don't mind if there's some kind of announcement from Brian, but what a terrible opening. I mean, and, I, I, and I also was thinking it's, it's pretty, I mean, it is rare to have a shitty promo from Brian Danielson. And this was like, you know, cause he delivered it fine. The content was just like, what are you t- like? The whole thing was just like such well, a misfire. Well, the, the the real misfire of it is the crowd expecting him to announce the person and maybe even seeing the person, and that's not part of it. And then so he has to stand there and be like, "Uh, no, I'm not going to tell you." So then they're like booing the situation. He's like, "I walked out the heel tunnel." So it's like, "No, yeah. dude, now this is weird." And then Zach Saber has to come out, but everybody's still weirded out. And, yeah, uh, 
No, I felt bad for Zex. I I have felt bad for the New Japan guys and a lot of this because I don't for think... everybody involved. Yeah, literally yeah. everyone. Yeah. But 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 the thing too is that you know people are saying it's if it is if it is Cesaro or if it is Gargano, those are like the two main options. I don't think either of those is even close to the level of star that Daniel Bryan is. It's, it's, they, they're not. They're not. They will be surprises, but you know, just saying, hey this massive dream match between him and Zack Sabre Jr. isn't happening. I don't, I don't think there's any replacement that makes that okay. And I don't think that it was fucking smart at all to lead with that on the show, man. It like, this is a, this is especially, this is a, this is a company that very rarely opens with promos. It's very rarely. It's mostly matches, right? Every week it opens with a match. It's fucking you know, 801, you're already in the fucking ring. And so, all right, we're going to do a promo and it's to tell you what's not happening. Like, I just, uh, it was like a disaster, I thought. Yeah, to me, um, you only start, it's such a disappointment and you're starting off the show with a disappointment. And we've already been disappointed with a CM Punk injury where he's standing in the ring telling people, hey, I'm fucked up, you know? Um, so in knowing that, it's just really, he should have, whoever is debuting, he should have came out tonight and then you get the pop and then that makes sense. Yeah. And, but it didn't happen. So it's just, man, it was uncomfortable. And the match, it, it, I think it is going to be Cesaro. And I think in terms of a match, holy, I mean, every match on this card is, is going to be excellent uh, or, or can be excellent. Yeah. But there just isn't a, there isn't a story to most of them. Oh my God. There's almost, I mean, there's almost no stars on it. I mean, punk is gone. Right. I mean, you know, inter- Omega is gone. And well, we'll talk about it, but yeah, there's you know yeah, things yeah. they had to do well, to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna... to accommodate two companies. And... But but even like you know what it is too, a part of this because this goes into the first hour, where you know we hurt ourselves. I think sometimes like it, and fans do in general. I'm not just saying the four of us, but by reading the sheets, by listening to shit, because it's like if you just watch that Malachi Penta match, it's not bad. You know, it's a good match, but knowing what we know there's no suspense at all and it's like it, it even felt weird because tony is a guy that's so savvy to that base of fandom i mean this whole show is built for people who listen to the observer or hell this show is built for people who created the observer but like <laughs> but you know it's like it's so interesting because you know when malachi gets the pen it's like this deflating because the only thing that was interesting about that match from um, a who's going to win perspective is shit. What if we've been worked? What if Penta does win? And then when Penta loses, you're like, Oh, what the, what the fuck do I care? You know? <laughs> um, what, what else happened this hour? Well, the one I want to, I'm going to save my, um, my thoughts for forbidden door um, for the Patreon episode. So become a patron, but, uh, but oh, I will oh, the Osprey, the Osprey well, stuff. I would I, not have, this this is another thing where why would you give this away for free why would we see cassidy and osprey interact at all it's such like it is not a dream match but it's a weird match right it's a what the fuck is going to happen and now we've seen it like i just don't get it man did you see how great it was because it was great it was fun but i don't need to spend 50 dollars to see more of it well i think that's the issue i think the the issue period is Never before have, have fans of AEW had to 
pay $50 so immediately after a pay-per-view they pay $50 for either. So, Mm -hmm. you know, people, they complain about the New Japan build and they go, oh my God, you know, like it's, AEW has been so boring this past month. It's like the month after every pay-per-view is when the QT Marshalls come out, right? And it's when, it's when AEW is the drizzling shits. Now, this is the difference. We laugh at QT Marshall. We don't get to laugh at these guys that like they're all, they're not even showing. They're just announcing their names, you know, like like it's just Sting backstage saying Shingo's Shingo. name and saying Hiromu and it and that's it. And it's the thing is, it's like just you should have acted like it was that the whole time because the people who were buying it are gonna fucking buy it anyway. Mm-hmm. And so and you only do have a month, so it's like I don't know. Just find a slicker way to mm-hmm. explain how this is going to I mean, go I, because I mean, the it thing just feels is, like disappointment after disappointment where you could have also you could have well, pitched also, it how it was going to but you can't man the injuries it's just a big mess it's in it's an unfortunate situation but i do like, think a lot of great matches here's the thing that they did too though man they overused excalibur like they burnt out that machine in terms of credibility in terms of uh words per minute <laughs> the amount that they asked this poor guy to do under a mask, no less, uh, of having, like, he's had to, like, almost push this thing himself, and it's just made me care about him less. Which, I think JR, JR last night was acting like every New Japan guy was the best per- Like, I mean, having Okada come out and him just straight up saying, this is the best westler in the world. Like, he's the well, best. Uh, yeah, that's, that's our two. We'll, we'll get to Oh, that. yeah. yeah. Well, we'll can I just thing. say, right. before, before, and I'll cut to Robert, I'll give my thoughts on Forbidden Door and the Patreon, but... I did want to talk about this Christian promo because for me, oh, that's right. Okay. This, oh, this, yeah. this, this was, this was such a fucking easy promo in the sense that like all he had to do for the heel promo is be like, look, I tried to be the guy. I tried to be the mentor to this kid. I tried to help, uh, but he wouldn't listen. Then I realized why aren't I in the spotlight? Like, very easy. But instead he did this fucking thing where, he had been planning this since the casino battle Royal. And it was just, uh, it was a mess. Which um, is funny because he had already teamed with jungle boy and Luchasaurus before that, I believe when they were going against Kenny and the young bucks. Yeah. And he got a title shot after that. So like none of it made any sense. It was, it was, I, I thought like we would get a decent promo because Christian has cut decent heel promos in WWE, but um, this, this was not the case, um, before we get, yeah, let me, let me just speak on this quick. I'm yeah. sorry. I, I did forget about this because like I said, I'm trying, man. I took my fluoxetine and my bupropion today and they're clearly working. Cause this, this was someone doing an impression of a heel promo and he felt uncomfortable, you know, it felt like he was being made to, and it's like, you know, I look at like this, the, the gold standard of a modern straightforward heel promo probably would be the mjf on um pillman jr stuff just in terms I of agree 100 percent. One, yeah. one guy trashing another guy and, and in, bringing in, it kayfabe, in kayfabe yeah exactly bringing it to that personal level and all of that and this just felt so like inorganic you know it's when you're getting like the the dead father stuff like he felt weird saying it, and that's the only reason I felt weird hearing it. Yeah, and it would have been funnier if it was like your dad's 
show sucked. Like his show <laughs> sucked, you know? Like, I don't want to be your dad. Your dad shit stunk, you know? Like that would have been funny, you know? Like, or like, I was a Melrose Place guy. And then yeah, I went, I was like, like that, no, and that literally would have got like a more, like a more interesting boo. And we would have been like, wow, what yeah. a great heel. He, 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 he went that way. Because uh, that the, part the opening for me. But the opening Milwaukee stuff. What'd you say? Sorry. The opening Milwaukee stuff was so like ham handed, you know, and um, I did. I did like the I'll rip that earring out of your ear, Tony. But that's a baby face thing because we all want him to do that. (laughs) I kind of like it, but But, you'll be there soon, Dan. But um, I just think that this this whole thing, like this was the I miss MJF moment of the show because he's just not uh, organic heel, man. And. It felt like it felt like as soon as the camera stopped rolling, he went back and was like, "Did I do good? Was I good? Did you like me, Tony?" All right, um, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take a, a, a critical eye to this, and and I'm gonna Lanny Poff on myself and suck my own dick for just a second. On the Patreon this past week, we went back and we watched. By the uh, way, you uh, do this every week, but keep going. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, well, it's not just me blatantly just saying, Quick, like, this is Dan, you know terrible. how quickly he comes, just let him say it. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, on the Patreon this past week, we watched the SmackDown that I worked on, and at least when we talked about it, I could explain segment by segment what the point of this was. This show was an exercise in why Tony Khan really sucks as a, as a booker in a lot of ways, and he does because he doesn't care about the business. And I think if you look at it from the perspective, if you stop looking at it from, I want this company to succeed and I want them to be, you know, a successful organization and realize this is a vanity project of a single individual who doesn't care about money, who doesn't care about longevity of it is he wants to play with his toys on national television and you just have to accept it. And the first bite of that was this Brian Danielson promo. Yes. You know, you didn't bring out Cesaro or Johnny Gargano, whoever it was, because that would have sold pay-per-view buys you are not selling forbidden door on the promise of a surprise AEW's track record of surprises with is you know the the uh, the big show of it all or the christian of it all uh they fucking suck at surprises if you said it's zach saber jr and cesaro you're gonna probably get some people like all right i'm gonna buy this uh if it's gargano and and uh zach saber there's plenty of people who know who johnny is who want to go support him they're going to tune in and you put Danielson out there in a situation where you saw the flop set where he's like, I have high standards. Everyone says, I'm just, like, you have to trust me. This is going to be good. Like, please trust me. This is going to be a good show. It felt weirdly desperate in a way that Danielson has never felt as a baby face. Um, the six man tag was fun. I had the same point of uh, Mike had of why would you have Cassidy and, and Osprey touch more importantly, You've introduced this tag team, Ozzy Open. You've given them now a couple matches. They look impressive as hell. And they, they've lost twice. And they're getting a shot at the uh, Ring of Honor IWGP tag titles. No, they're not. No, they're, they're, aren't they in the triple threat? No. Isn't it them? No, no, they're they're not not, uh, oh, it's Great Ocon. Sorry. Yeah. Whatever. So fuck them anyway. They're stupid. Well, yeah, that's like why it. they get the pin. Whatever. <laughs> they, 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 they suck. Uh, the Christian promo was super weird. The Casino Battle Royal thing felt like on South Park, the Scott Tennerman thing of like, eventually it's like, I lost that Battle Royal, so now I'm going to feed your parents to you. Uh, they, there was a really just awkward moment where the crowd's chanting shut the fuck up and they cut to like a six-year-old chanting shut the fuck oh, up. oh i remember that that like, was hilarious it was, <laughs> zoomed in on it. it was like what the fuck um 
him talking about like I did it for the money, and then he did the thing of like you know you haven't been in a memorable match. I've been in a memorable match where a pay per view is named after it in another company. Like stop doing that shit. Stop referencing. Yeah, they can't WWE. even sell out a stadium. They can't sell out a stadium. But more importantly, it's like talk about what you you haven't done anything here. And then the dead dad stuff reminded me of when Orton told Ray like Eddie is in hell. It's like you're going for the cheapest of cheap heat. It didn't really work. Then they try to make it like a work shoot thing of like Luchasaurus comes out. It's like, remember what happened to Marco's stunt? Like, like the audience that you're playing to is so small on this. It's smaller than Marco's stunt. Um, the, the, I can't believe Mike didn't talk about Kenny, uh, Kyle O'Reilly's promo with the Bucks about how they're reuniting the Bullet Club. Uh, super excited about that. I mean, if, if that's going to be fucking fantastic. Uh, really, really excited, and then uh, oh, I like that Mira. It was, it was Kyle O'Reilly was so lame in these problems. Oh, he was like, so bad. He was. That's the thing. He was on another planet, and he's not in the match. So thank God. But he's not in the match. Even though, well, don't, don't I like him though. I like him as a wrestler. But what? He's, he's a he's a very talented wrestler, but his character is doofy from Scary Movie. It's, and yeah, and it's they wild, just have man. to stop putting him out there ever. It's, it's, the thing yeah, I also love was Miro's promo was great but it was clearly a pre-tape of talking about something that just happened live, which made it even better. Can I say uh, something about the Luchasaurus thing? Yeah, Scott, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, second I really, second I did enjoy I did enjoy the show and I liked Christian's promo actually, but the Lucha, I, the reason I also didn't like Christian saying the dead dad thing is now you're going to get your ass beat. If anybody, if, if jungle boy is here, okay, jungle boy is not here, but Luchasaurus comes out and he should kill you. But he doesn't. And I'd be fine if he doesn't, if you didn't say that uh, the shit about Jungle Boy's dad. Like, if he said all the other stuff and it's like, wait, wait, I can talk to you. It's like, okay, let's talk in the back. But, like, he just shit on the guy's dead dad. Murder him. So that was a little, uh, like, oh, okay. But I guess Luchasaurus is going to be his his guy anyway. Yeah, so Luchasaurus's entire family died when the asteroid hit Earth. So he's used to death. This yeah, doesn't right. matter to like, him. What does this mean to me? Yeah. <laughs> All right, hour two. Uh, we have uh, a Wardlow promo. Man, if I never hear Wardlow's world again, I would be oh. a, a happy baby. Uh, Hangman Page versus uh, Hangman Page's before and future pictures, like a, a combo of both. Silas Young uh, with the uh, with the surprise entrance of Okada, setting up the four way at Forbidden Door. Tony Storm versus The Problem, Marina Shafir, and uh, Chris Jericho and Lance Archer. Uh, so Jericho Appreciation Society, Suzuki Gun versus Tanahashi and Moxley. Um, it ends with Tanahashi and Moxley staring at one another. Everybody's fighting in the back. What did you think of this uh, second hour, Mike? Oh, man. Yeah. Oof uh the problem uh the great great name for this i mean the, here's the thing like one of the things i was thinking of like of why some of these new japan guys haven't seemed impressive is the street clothes i think i feel like i've seen i've, I've watched the last couple of wrestle kingdoms and okada's gear is fucking awesome i would have had to come out on the rainmaker gear i think having these guys just come out looking like they went to the Salvation Army does nothing to boost them up. You know, it's like you, you look at like Flair, right? And and Flair would only ever wear suits. And 
I mean, Tanahashi didn't look the best in one last week, but at least there's like some level of class. But Okada just coming out looking like he had just gotten off the plane from Japan. Uh, that's how cool <laughs> that's people dress in 2022. What did you say? That's how cool people dress. Yeah, I mean, dude, I, I, I am like he's going to be in the match. I mean, that that is, I'm, I'm glad he's going to be in the match. Yeah, I mean. You know, because uh, Cole and Paige uh, really create uh, a lot of uh, buzz together. Um, <laughs> now, this whole thing, man, it, like I said, it just, if some, some say the world will end in fire, some say the world will end nice. I say it ends with Lance Archer being pinned. Uh, <laughs> like this, I mean, he's not even in the society. He's just there to lose. You know, there's like, you know, there's that, that, that thing in Star Trek called the wharf. I think the, the wharf factor or whatever it is, the wharf effect. And that is that anytime a new villain is introduced, they take out wharf to show how tough they are. Um, but like Lance Archer has never even been built as well as wharf. <laughs> and so like this did nothing. And then the end was hysterical. If this was supposed to be dramatic, they they failed miserably. If it was supposed to be funny, then it was amazing because watching Moxley and Tanahashi stare at each other while they're whispering, like, "All right, we, we gotta keep doing this. We gotta keep. We get, okay. How how much longer? Because like the show, like the match ended at like I think like uh, you know like uh, nine nine fifty six, and so they're in there for like four minutes just looking at each other and then like Tanahashi's breathing in and breathing out posing and this was a debacle man this was fucking goofy as hell um the amount that you know the how little women content you have and how much Marina Shafir has been a part of it is insane to me of all the people they could be pushing um I feel like Red Velvet's injury is the one that will make this company hurt the most. Uh, <laughs> the whole the whole looking for baddies thing. I mean, that was kind of, you know, Stokely, I feel for Stokely because I do feel like Stokely could be doing something great. I And this ain't it, man. Um, this is just, uh, yeah, none of, the, none of, none of uh, this stuff. And then when they, you know, Excalibur goes through the whole, run through at the end of the card um i mean i know i'm not the target audience but i i didn't, I didn't think there was anything for people who mostly watch aw to want to see this i mean the uh the aw tag titles are not on the line at this pay-per-view um the tnt title is not on the line at this pay-per-view um the championship is but it's the interim championship so that doesn't mean much I just don't really see what the effect, like what's, what's, yeah, what is at stake here, you know, and, and when you have to have Excalibur explain what the IWGP is and all that shit, and he's out of breath by the time he's finished doing it. I mean, this, um, this was all just pure wrestle crap. I think that Forbidden Door, um, at least the build to it has been by far the worst thing that AEW has ever done. And yeah, I feel like there hasn't been a build to it. That's, I mean, people complain about the build and it's like, or the, you mean the lack of a build? Because other than this week, nothing's really happened 
aside from the world title situation, which, yeah, it's been an absolute curse because now you got to do this Tanahashi shit where you should be in panic mode finding a real world champion in like an MJF or Smoxley feud or something. But there you know? has been some build, Scott, with, with Beretta and then Osprey. Oh, yeah, and- but I think that stuff's worked out. I mean, I think everybody's like the Osprey. The, the Tanahashi stuff, without a shadow of a doubt, has been uncomfortable. Um, but the Osprey stuff, I think, has been a hit. I think that they've already shown him too much, man. Like, I just Uh-oh. feel like the fact that he lost his first match, he did. It's, I know, I know it wasn't a single. Come on, guy. He still got pinned, though. He didn't, he get, didn't pinned. get pinned. <laughs> he didn't. He did get, well, I mean. He didn't he get pinned. I mean, you're both yeah. right. He is not undefeated in AEW. Can you say he's undefeated in AEW? Well, in singles action, he is, yes. And but that's that overall. He's a singles wrestler. He has one loss in AEW. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think both of those no, they lost this embarrassing. Week is too. You like choose to be critical in like weird places and then not. And uh, no, I'm maybe always that's part consistent. of the spectrum too, but it's Scott. I've been consistent about the <laughs> hey. win loss record. Shit Mike, the- Mike isn't just critical true. in weird places, he's critical in most places. Okay? <laughs> Scott, you're telling an autistic person that he isn't critical about statistics. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> no, you have to know numbers to do that. Yeah, you got none of the good parts of autism. Like you yeah, can't we like discuss uh, this calculate already. the I know. He acts like he's a mathematician fast. and not a booger eater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just got all the he got all the bad parts. I'm 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 too busy for a wrestling podcast, so I'm doing something right. <laughs> he's the, That's he's the, true. That is true. He's the Lenny Coffo of autism. <laughs> he's the Mike, next week we'll be covering the results. Yeah, of, of, I mean, I, get, is, I, I haven't seen it, but rumor is Mike has one of the biggest sticks in comedy though so guys i could i could suck my own spectrum he can't yeah. <laughs> mike used to do the show the the um the naked show, naked and show. Yeah, uni- yeah. universally i would hear about how big mike's stick was so yep there yeah. you go good job mike good job for something you didn't control scott <laughs> uh <laughs> scott what did you think of the second hour i know you chimed in a little but uh you know dude hangman he's been he's been having great matches but it's been against like David Finley, Silas Young, who's not even in the company. And if you say like, he's trying to fight all these different people because he's trying to uh, figure out opponents, you know, across, whatever, like explain it, but there's no explanation. So it's just like these random matches while he's supposed to be an important guy. Um, and I mean, extra random, like these feel X, ex- this is, ex- this is specifically uh, unnecessary, I think. Scott, right? your unnecessary <laughs> AW hatred. Excalibur clearly explained <laughs> that Silas Young and Hangman Page feuded years ago yeah, in yeah, Ring yeah, of like- Honor. Therefore, this is the most important feud Hangman Page <laughs> yeah. has ever been well, in. Look, I, I did think they told a good story in the match. Oh, their... the match! I loved the match. match yeah, and and I did like the segment after. Uh, I thought I liked the Jay White moment, and I liked the Okada moment, and of course, the Okada moment could have been better. Uh, and the match couldn't have not been a four-way, but it is what it is, and I think it'll be an amazing match. How would you um, have booked the Okada thing? Well, I would have wanted him in a singles. I'm assuming, you know, because of the championship, they're trying to figure out, oh, who's going to get a pin, and how is this going to happen? And Okada doesn't want to work a singles. It's too much work. So then if it's a four-way, none of our guys work, whatever it is, I wanted to do a four-way. So I, prob- I probably would have booked Okada versus Adam Cole and then Jay White versus Hangman. Those are at least main event style matches instead of this sort of thrown together four way. Because where... look, I know I know you don't necessarily like Adam Cole, and so you'd go, "What a waste of of Okada on an Adam Cole." But the thing is, it's 
it, 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 it does feel different. It does feel like, holy shit, Okada, Adam Cole. I haven't seen that. And that's cool. No, you're, you're getting name guys, but they're thrown into a four way. And for, even with the most talented wrestlers, four way matches are not ideal. But they're not ideal, but they're usually, but but, but wait, they usually are great. And I'll give you a couple examples. SummerSlam 2017, when they had those four big meat monsters going against one each other, right? uh, Before WrestleMania. But if I'm, but here's the thing WrestleMania 13, Brett, Vader, Taker. I'm not not saying not, Mike, but uh, Dan, but if I'm Okada, I'm upset about a four way simply because this is the first time a lot of American audiences are really seeing okada in these sort of matches not everybody watches new japan not everybody is subscribing to new japan world or has seen those shows they've probably heard about him and if you would have put him in a one-on-one match where he can really shine he has a chance to be a bigger crossover star in the united states new japan draws more people over to them it makes sense he came out there and jim ross all night it was tell not show it was about how amazing okada is and Okada was just a guy who came out there. He looked tall. He looked impressive. But what did he really do that was so, you know, worthy of that praise? It, it, it didn't necessarily feel earned. I mean, people know who Okada is by reputation, but you're, you're not getting that direct connection. It's the same thing in the main event. One of the weirdest miscalculations to me was letting Tanahashi wrestle because I get that Tanahashi is an incredible wrestler. He did not look good in this match he looked like Jericho was outworking him he was sloppy in places there wasn't anything spectacular about a guy where Jim Ross is saying like this is the second coming of Bret Hart and Tanahashi didn't demonstrate any of that to a broader audience who's like am I going to order this show to see him nah he wasn't he wasn't that memorable and, and it's hard to say that he was particularly memorable and then you have like old man Suzuki shuffling out there uh, throwing like the lamest forearms ever to Yuta, like lay them in. You can. That's hit the Yuta. other thing. The outside brawl, none of them were touching each other. No. They, and Jericho in that main care. event. Did you guys notice something that did anything piss you off about Jericho in this main event? Because I was getting mad uh, every time he fought Tanahashi. There'd be a moment where he hits his finisher and is gonna pin Tanahashi, but Moxley breaks it up. And I'm like, do you think it's Tanahashi not necessarily knowing what Jericho's finishes are, even though he's fought him before? It was only once, and who gives a shit, you know? But also, like- I, I want to correct Robert. Um, the second coming of Bret Hart will actually be when they find a cure for strokes. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no, only I think Bret Hart can be the second coming of Bret Hart, boy. The weirdest thing was the highlights of this hour. I, I really love the Chris Statlander Athena backstage uh, thing where they actually showed some real personality and got a chance to kind of yeah, stand out did. in terms of who they were. Love that. And Darby trying to say the names of his tag partners that he clearly had no idea who they were and not giving a fuck. Oh, wait, is the most- somebody, I'm sorry. Did somebody write this on Wikipedia as a joke where they, they have Darby and Sting's name as dudes with attitudes? I've seen that in a couple of places, actually. That's what they're saying it is. Oh, uh, I don't know. Christ. But uh, yeah, the, the Darby not knowing who his partners were and just trying to say their names like he's reading them, like, like the enthusiasm of Mike reading it off a card is the clearest indication of Forbidden Door. Do, do I think that the matches themselves are going to ultimately deliver? Yeah, probably. They're going to be solid wrestling matches. But solid wrestling matches, when there's nothing behind it, it's fine for a random one-off, but when you're trying to present this as an in-continuity pay-per-view, it doesn't really work. This should have been a one-night stand thing. It should have been a, a lower price. You're just saying, look, if you like New Japan and you like AEW, 
tune in and watch this and we're going to give you fun matches and not waste a lot of TV time. Because you didn't wait, you didn't spend enough time to get people truly invested in who they are, but you sure took a lot of TV time away from a lot of talent in the locker room, some of whom not super thrilled about not really being featured right Robert, now. Robert, I, I, I have a quick wait. Fuck. So, okay, the pay per view, the, the making it cheaper, right? I mean, because I would agree with you because I was thinking the same thing, like, like make it cheaper because most people aren't familiar, but then aren't they kind of their hands tied behind their back where it's like, wait, we aren't presenting a one night stand thing where this is a lesser company and we're just presenting a lesser company. Right. You're, we're you're presenting doing... our company and another company. So it's like, we There's have to act split. like it's 50 bucks worth. But the thing is, you're, you're talking about a revenue split. Service is $10 a month. Oh, uh, no, I'm not talking. Well, I know that. I'm not, I'm not even talking. And everybody else in the world, literally Europe, Japan, they're getting it for $15. We're the, we're the only people paying $50. Right. Can you but get it? If you remember New Japan, Japan world, can you watch it? No, not, no. not if you live in the, the US. Again, no. the problem you have with New Japan is it's not easily accessible to us audiences. You have to pay in order to watch it. It's not on regular TV where I can just put it on. And there it is on a, on a widely accessible network. It's the same problem impact has in a lot of ways where you just can't, you know, put, they're not on spike. You can't just watch them. So the audience familiarity with new Japan is already lower. AEW had to take their own TV time to try to explain who these guys were. And I don't think they did a very effective job of really making anybody seem important or any of these matches seem important other than just saying like Moxley's promo of like, you know, Hey, I, I can't wait to fight Tanahashi, but also I can't wait for blood and guts. Like you're, it, it's so scattershot and it's such a, a strange vanity project show. And it's a vanity project show for Brian Danielson, CM Punk and Kenny Omega, the three guys who aren't going to be on it. And it, it feels like when Rob Van Dam was not part of the first one night stand wrestling because he was injured. And you're like, well, that's what you want to see. I, I don't think this is something that, that but people isn't it are also really the excited. start of a relationship with two companies as well? Like, isn't there, there is the benefit of two companies building a relationship. But what is that, what does that get you? Off. Like all my biggest takeaway, honestly, is I really like Will Ospreay and I wish Will Ospreay was going to be on dynamite going forward. And he's not, I hear and, you, I hear and you. that sucks. So it's like, if you like the people, they're not going to be around it anymore. And if you don't like the people, you're not going to order the pay-per-view. So you're not really, you're not gaining new, a new audience from it. But again, it's like I said at the opening of this, Tony Khan doesn't really care about growing the business from a financial standpoint. It is, he wants to do shit that he thinks is cool for him and the people that he works with in his inner circle that are going to enjoy it. And I really hope Tony loves Forbidden Door. I think I hope he has a great time, but this is not going to be a wildly financially successful pay-per-view. Yes, you sold out Chicago. Chicago has a massive wrestling fan base there. You just host an event. People are going to show up. I think. No, 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 no. It's the United Center. I think, listen, they would have sold out the garden with this too. People thought it was going to be something that unfortunately through injury and through politics, it couldn't have been. It's just when the politics start happening and when you realize, oh shit, New Japan is having show. I watched a New Japan show this Sunday with like they. That's why none of these guys were involved. It's like they were still having shows and shit. It's like being aware of this. Just tell us. Listen, we are going to have a show. This is, you know, the card. We will have it the week before. Like, kind of just let us know and don't don't act yeah. like we're expecting a build because I I didn't I wouldn't have expected a build if you just said this is what the pay per view is going to be. If they had adjusted expectations on numbers then then so be it i think i'll leave it on this the the, the thought that i have and this will this will appeal to mike it's his last episode 
they want you to believe this is Marvel versus DC. It's Marvel versus Wildstorm. No. No, this is like when Marvel teamed up with Malibu. <laughs> You're splitting hairs here. No, I'm not. No, because Wildstorm had a much bigger market share, much bigger artists. Oh, Jesus um, Christ. Yeah, well, Dan, this yeah. is how we feel when you and Scott talk New Japan. <laughs> this is what this is what I love about this whole thing, guys. You people, you and Meltzer and Scott, all you 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 fuckers, you hype these guys up for years and years. You told us that the frog could sing, and then you open the fucking box, and all it's done is croak. It has done nothing. You were wrong, and. I will and, say it uh, hasn't been the best build, but but Okada, no, it hasn't been a build. It has not been a build. It's been it's so. been like a there's no build. That's what I'm saying. It's it's even hard to analyze it like that because it's just like what the fuck is the build? It's like this this tournament that was a mess. The build the build has been. I swear these guys are good. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that has been the build though. Yeah, right. that has but here's been. the deal, Scott. If you respect your audience and you want their money. You need to justify them giving their money and just saying, this is going to be good. Trust us. is a risky proposition. This is when I got irritated. When uh, I'm busted open on Wednesday morning, Tony said that Friday after Rampage, they're going to have a countdown. And that's when they're going to show videos for the guys who are going to be on the show. Now, one thing is they literally might have not known that these Japanese wrestlers were going to be on the show up until this week, like Shingo and Hiromu. That's very possible. I understand that. But you should have been making video packages the whole time. We and, and I know you did have some on Tanahashi, but it's like, and I know, Robert, you've said this every week, but it's like, do, do something more than just say, you can't just say names. Right, but the target audience for this pay-per-view is someone home at Friday night at 11 o'clock watching this That's true, that's true, too. that's true, too. So maybe it sells a couple. But I will, I, I will say this because, because you know, talking about like wrestling build, and you know, you 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 don't want to watch just a solid match. You want to watch something that that create. I promise you, a lot of these matches are going to make you feel more than than most of the matches you saw on any of their other pay per views. A majority of the matches on other pay per views, at least two of the matches, I think, will be better than a majority of the other matches you've seen on the pay per views. Not the peak, not the peak stuff, but. I'm expecting like top tier shit to come out. So therein lies the problem. Cause I've talked to two people who are big AEW new Japan fans. And they both said like, I'm not going to watch the pay-per-view live. I'm going to go back and watch it after. I'm sure there's going to be stuff that's going to be cool to see it, but it's not appointment television. It's not like I have to see this when it happens because there's going to be a major storyline. There's going to be a major development. It's going to be a great exhibition show. I'm sure there's going to be matches. I'm going to watch and be like, wow, this was really fucking good. But there's not like a, a sense of urgency of like, I have to be a part of this. And I think oh, that's course. the letdown. And I think that, I think that guys like Zack Sabre Jr., it, they are guys that when you see for the first time, they pull you in. That's yes. all I'm saying. I, they have not built and this. I can't wait to I don't see Zack Sabre Jr. For not buying this fucking thing. I can't wait to see Zack Sabre Jr. against Brock Anderson. It's going to be <laughs> so <laughs> good. Yeah, Zack Sabre Jr., another guy who looked like he had just gotten off the plane. Like, there, there's no... There's no oomph, like there's no like X. But if he walked out in just his underwear while everyone while everyone's wearing jeans, like that's weird too, you know? Like have Okada yeah, come out but at least robe, he doesn't... everybody's wearing jeans. But 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 the problem, Scott, is then at least he doesn't look like he just walked out of the audience. Yeah, but which... that's how people dress, you know, like now. And it's just it's you know when Austin like 
Austin backstage, you go, oh, that's how he dresses when he's out. And it's just, this is how these guys dress. It's, I, yeah, I know but, it's kind of corny. I think it's an age thing or something. Yeah, but Irrelevant Austin would like thing. walk out with like a vest in his trunks. <laughs> oh, no, but I'm talking about, you know, the, the shorts and shit and the t-shirt. You go, that's yeah. what he wears. Yeah, I just, I just think that like this, this whole thing has really, uh, because for years there was this like mystique and now it's all gone, man. Because you guys, like, you did hype these people up, and you keep saying Jay White's a great promo. He hasn't done one yet. You can't say he but has. I, I don't even think they've given him an opportunity to cut a great promo. It's like they yeah. told him, pitch this mat. It, that, that, that's the issue. It's like, no, we're not wrong about these talents. That's impossible. You sound crazy saying that. You just sound silly. Um, but they well, have why not, haven't they, they been great? Well, because they have not presented them in any way for them to be great. And that's why the pay-per-view so will be but, great. But because who's at fault rest. for that, though? Then, then Tony use Khan. your talent prop? This feels like... No, Tony when Khan they... is at fault, but these guys... To say Jay White, Jay White stinks, and you're, you're wrong about Okada. It's but like, here's the thing. Jay like White might be a great promo. Say. Like, Shane Douglas in ECW was a great promo in ECW, and then WWF brought him up, and they made him Dean Douglas, and you didn't see what that guy can do. The AEW has a much more open door policy to the guy who runs the company and saying, like, let us put our best foot forward. And they haven't done that. And to Mike's point, they haven't shown you. I haven't seen why Tanahashi is the best wrestler uh, in the world. I haven't seen why Jay White is the most charismatic promo in the I world. Agree a million I've percent. seen why Will Ospreay is really good. Fault. It's a, as, saying- opposed, as opposed to A Star is Burned, where... That was the night that Fox was showing the critic for the first time when it had been on ABC. And if I just watched the stars burns, I would still like and find Jay Sherman funny and want to watch his show. Stars burns is a great episode. Of I'm just shedding a tear. Cause I think that might be your last Simpsons reference on the podcast. A little emotional. All right. Let's uh, let's uh, let's move on to high spot, low spot. What do you got this week, Scotty? Oh, my high spot was Will Ospreay versus Nick Wayne. Did you see that in GCW? No, I heard it was fucking amazing. I, yeah, I only saw that. I, I don't necessarily watch GCW, but I did I did watch this match. It's on YouTube, or it, it was two days ago. And holy shit, man. Nick Wayne is 16 years old. He's already signed with AEW. And he had this match with Ospreay that was just so, so damn good. And, uh, yeah, it made me happy to be a fan of wrestling. I got to watch that match, and I got the one he did earlier in the year to win. And it happened first, Sunday, so. and it's just, yeah, Osprey's yeah. been in town for, what, like two, three weeks, and he's just been wrestling, like, four times a week, it feels. At least three, maybe. Well, watch the pay-per-view, because it's the only place you can see him. Well, no, Osprey is just so special. It's irrelevant. You could see him a thousand times. And yeah, so I mean, I agree with that. Osprey's yeah. a guy you want to see a bunch. Awesome. Oh man, that's tough. I mean, hmm. Can can I bring up this the 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 AAA thing this week since it affects it? Because there's a rampage thing that happens with luchadors that I go like, man, that would have made this show uh, really fun. The 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 Forbidden Door show really fun. And I know I think. Mike, it was your low spot last week. The, uh, the 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 issue with these AAA guys. I mean, the real issue is they're not even fucking AAA guys. I, I'm not even sure how it work. It's working, or I don't even think Andrade has a contract with AAA, and somehow they're finding a way to do this. Or is it a CMLL issue? But whatever it is, it's uh, watch Rampage because Rampage is actually very good this week. 
uh, based on the spoilers I read. And uh, yeah, it just sucks that things like that couldn't be a part of Forbidden Door show. So that's my low spot, yeah. All right, well, I'm going to go high spot. Uh, the Ezekiel stuff with Kevin Owens on Raw has been really fun. If you haven't seen it, um, Kevin Owens is like the best utility player in wrestling, probably. <laughs> I mean, as far as like you can kind of put him in, he kind of reminds me of, of Jericho back in the day. You put him in any spot in the card, he's going to shine. And uh, Ezekiel is really good at everything but the wrestling, you know? <laughs> so seeing them in, in segments where there's a lot of, you know, kind of, uh, uh, you know, parlor tricks pulled out. It, 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 it's, it's, it's fun. Um, <laughs> I'm going to do low spot. I mean, I have to say, I, I, I just think it's like crazy to me last week. You know, I said this over text to you guys, but you have a really big SmackDown rating on Friday, right? And uh, it, it, and a lot of this is because of you know the, ever, all the scandals and controversies that are that are going on right now. But you know, right after you have Vince cut this weird ass promo, you have Riddle come out and he cuts a promo, and he does a good enough job, or or he's enough of a draw, or Roman's enough of a draw that the that actually the biggest rating in that two hour span is Riddle versus Roman. And it was an awesome match, if you haven't seen it. Um, but they kind of have something now with Riddle. You know, they definitely have something. And WWE knew this. They knew the number that he pulled. And they still had him, like, job like a fucking idiot to Omas uh, on Monday. And I just don't understand, you know, WWE is in desperate need of somebody to kind of, like, pass the torch to right now. And uh, and it seems like, hey, there's it seems like there's a little lot of life in the riddle and we have Cody and Randy and and Cena and Roman and Lesnar being part time. You know, that's that's the way to go. But, you know, they're they're clearly doing another way. And I mean, we haven't talked about it, but I think that the most like car wreck spot for me of the week, which isn't a high spot or low spot, but a spot I, I couldn't stop watching is just Vince on TV, the last <laughs> SmackDown and Raw. I'm not going to say it's good. I'm not going to say it's bad. I'm just going to say... Wait, listen, the Friday thing, at the very least, was like, he's trying to send a message that maybe he's not... There was like some sort of explanation. Monday was like, is he showing up this Friday too? <laughs> this is weak. Now it's become like, is this going to become a character thing where it actually develops into a storyline? This is weird. What, what what do we think we'll he'll say tomorrow? I um I just want to say um thank you and welcome to Forbidden Door. <laughs> yeah, I mean we're in trouble if he says welcome to NXT 2.0, but you know, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, you, know, you know it'll be interesting. There's a uh, you know well, a, a lot any, of new law, law firms have gone after WWE this week. We know uh, that anywhere Vince goes is a center of performance. <laughs> Which I mean, maybe Robert Essen were inside into. There's uh, definitely an element of ambulance chasing with it, but then there's an element of blood in the water. So you know who the fuck knows. Um, but yeah, that's my high spot, low spot, and most notable spot. Uh, Robert, high spot, low spot. Yeah, uh, my high spot. Uh, I said it was of the sports entertainment was going to be that everything with the Ezekiel and Elias stuff is the fun of pro wrestling. Like it's the thing that's missing from dynamite uh it's missing a lot from some some episodes of raw and smackdown 
the goofiness of them doing a pre-tape of Ezekiel and Elias on a couch talking to each other and fist bumping without actually like touching was really, really funny. Then Elias coming out in the ring and then Owens interrupting him and then them having a skirmish. And then Owens goes in the back and Elias has a quick change as Ezekiel and pops up next to him. And Owens like Michigan, like a Michigan J frog segment to make the second time in the show just totally loses it. And he makes it so entertaining <laughs> and it's so simple. And it's the beauty of wrestling where you don't know now within the confines of the WWE universe, if it's just, Ezekiel was clearly Elias, or are they really passing it off like these guys are brothers? And also, and like, it's not even the match matters. It's like Kevin Owens finding out the truth is what matters. Yeah, wrestling is like the most beautiful thing where we're like, we're so angry when there's no story, but yet the our favorite story is just a Scooby-Doo episode. But like that, <laughs> but that's it. Like this is so stupid, and it's, I know I agree with you. This is so stupid. But so this amazing. is why I love it. Anytime I see something where I'm like, "Fuck, I wish I was able to write a segment for this." That's when I know it's fun, and I would, I would hate. And to you know, and there's, and there's still a big payoff because you know a third brother is coming. Yeah, now they're now they're claiming there's going to be a third brother, and someone posted online that it's going to be like. Another Simpsons reference when they are the Flanders family reunion and they all look very much the same. Like, just keep doing that. And then you got Cena coming back on Raw this week. I want John and Juan Cena with Elias and Ezekiel on a pre tape so badly. Um, my, my low spot for this week, uh, sadly, the wrestling world lost referee Tim White. Uh, Tim White was oh, one of those geez. great wish, sort of. I wish we had gone into this. One of those great, like, Zelig-style figures in in wrestling. Uh, He was Andre's handler for a a very long time. Um, He, You know, that was not an easy job to have. And he has a ton of great Andre stories. That that documentary that HBO put out, he tells a couple of those. Uh, Fantastic referee. Obviously, he was the referee in the Hell in a Cell match uh, with with Foley and, and Taker. Uh, he's refed a ton of matches. He, his career ended because of a hell in the cell match. Um, they, they did those, uh, those lunchtime suicide videos, uh, which I don't know who that was appealing to. It was during my time there. All I remember was I was in an audio edit once and we got bumped in the middle of putting something together. Cause we had, they had to rush out a lunchtime suicide video. So clearly these were entertaining events. And it took I mean, I, over I enjoyed them, but, you know, it, it took precedent over something that was going to air on SmackDown. So uh, that's a testament to Vince's fucked up sense of humor. And uh, no, Tim White was just a, a good, you know, yeah, tough yeah, guy, yeah. a one of the well, you know, one of the known referees. Now they're all anonymous in WWE. They're just random men and women that are thrown out there without a name. But you knew, you know, Earl and Dave Hebner. You knew Tim White, you knew Mike Kyoto, and uh, it was worth noting and that, uh, you know, Tim White was a, a really memorable guy. 1996. And Dave Hebner passed also. So. Dave Hebner passed, or we think he did. <laughs> 1996 Survivor Series, MSG, my friends and I went to go see the main event was Sid being, beating Shawn Michaels for the WWF title and everybody loving it because... New York's a heel town, but we bumped into Tim White outside like a Sparrow or wherever the fuck we were eating. And, uh, and Tim was like, Tim was so nice. First off, we didn't know his name. We called him. Are you the ref? You know, like, we're like, like fucking 11 or 12. And he was so nice. It was like running into like a family friend. He was like, and, and not like patronizing guy. Like, oh, you guys having a good time? Uh, where'd you go eat? You know, like he was just such a sweetheart. 
he I always you know like Earl Hebner is without a doubt the classic attitude era referee but you know I always think the dark horse wrestling fan they were a Tim White guy and I was always a Tim White guy uh and I'll miss you Tim and uh, rest in peace Dave Hebner Mike Lawrence your last high and low spots I, I, I love those suicide things just because I'm amazed they exist. They might be some of the weirdest things that WWE has ever produced. But, like, I don't know if they're – it's, like, weird because it's, like, maybe they're a rib on, on, on Tim White, but he gets to be in them, and, and, and he, <laughs> they're, just, they're just so bizarre, man, like that a company would spend money on one of their, like, lower-level guys just – killing themselves every week it's, and especially in a business with very many genuine suicides so many suicides it's fucking um oh god those yeah those are those are uh, amazing um my my uh my high spot will be i mean the vince appearances are hysterical they they are bonkers they're crazy but they are a thing that you could talk about to non-wrestling fans because a good amount of people know that the story is going on and when you tell them what's happening and you're like oh yeah he was on tv and strutting out to his can we can we at least say funniest reaction to getting me to ever Yes. Oh, he, it's, he, it's... he he got me too and turned into a Twin Peaks character. Yeah. <laughs> the strutting and the and the voice, you know, it's all just I mean, it's embarrassing and I do feel like it's going to keep going because you know, he really does go out there and it's like, "Oh, the people like me." And and it's and it's interesting. And it's, it's not too, even that. It, it it's does... it's more it's it's more it popped a rating. And with wrestling, you just keep fucking hitting the, you, well, there's no subtlety. You just yeah, but keep he's... hitting that horse. I get the rating thing, but he loves the personal validation of that audience. I think there's but he something hates himself there. on TV, which is weird. Yeah, but it's it's interesting because like it's so funny because like then at the episode that you know he appears on, it's like they hit the one emergency button they've had the past five years, which is just Brock and Roman, and it's like it's so funny because you look at like AW going off a cliff in this awful cross company direction. And then WWE just doing the exact same thing over and over again. <laughs> and they both suck, but in completely different ways. Uh, but the, the high They roll spot, back yeah. down the cliff. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, I just spot. realized why it's going to be a four-way. Huh? Because you could have a title change, but still keep it on a New Japan guy. So you have yeah. Okada win, so it's a, it's a title change, but it doesn't go to anybody. It doesn't actually change anything. You know what and I mean? And that way there's uh, a lot less drama and an excitement because you have four people in the ring instead of two. <laughs> I, I hope Hangman wins. Okay, continue. Um, I hope I, he wins and then goes to Japan. Yes. <laughs> no, no, make Adam Cole win. As long as they do a horse montage of like him riding the horse there and then like yeah. on a ship with it. Okay, continue. <laughs> I keep, I keep or or he, he gets off the regular horse and gets on a giant seahorse. Yeah, I love that. I, I I keep waiting for them to like just ship off Adam Cole to Abu Dhabi like normal. <laughs> so that's my 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 low spot is the amount of heat that Booker T is getting, uh, for his comments is very justifiable, 
because he even you know people Hashtag are saying stand with booker yes people are saying that he's like body shaming and all that what he was saying and i this is a someone who 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 does uh and my body is fucking disgusting i also don't go on tv with my my shirt off i get naked at but he would at a cost contact (laughs) his agents yeah but um (laughs) mike's leaving us for naked and afraid (laughs) oh i love that just afraid and then more afraid (laughs) no but um but booker was saying that part of why he's getting injured is because of his lack of definition and all of that like he was saying it from the perspective of like an athlete it wasn't just he looks terrible um and i say that as someone who just says he looks terrible um but it's been interesting because like hangman page has come out and kingston has come out and there's like this sensitivity in the wrestling business it feels like where you can't comment at all on 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 adam cole's body but it's like it is a physical business still like i definitely think that there are lines that can be crossed but i think saying he is not muscular is not body i don't i don't think that that is crossing a line i think aw um, has themselves <laughs> mike's acting like all he said no, no, is he's uh, not muscular aw themselves have made burn in hell i've never said he's i know what do i always say I say he seems like a really nice guy. Yep, it's yep. amazing that he's living out his dreams. He fucking wished on the best monkey's paw ever. Uh, God bless him. I just don't ever want to see him on TV. That's all. I, have I not been consistent with that? Right, but I think the, the body issue, because AEW on television brings it up. They brought up Jericho getting in shape and looking good and him saying, like, I look fat. Now I'm, I'm in the best shape of my life. Jim Ross... Uh, you know, erotically talking about Jungle Boy's physique, how he's really toning up and then pointing it out that they talked about it with Miro when Miro came back and they're like, he's, you know, he's leaned up in the best shape of his career. They have brought it to the audience's attention numerous times that the way that you, the, the, the way that you look does matter and is important. And, and Booker T is giving the advice to Adam Cole that he probably would give him in the, in the locker room in the same way that I always tell guys like, you know, they used to get on Hercules, like Hercules, you'd be a bigger star if you could tan, like you're too pale. And that's why we're not going to like you. Like Vince would just dislike guys for the weirdest reasons. It looks like he has short legs. I don't want that guy on TV anymore. Put a blue dot over Christian's face. It's absolutely an appearance business because it's all about the, the perception of reality. And we, we've talked about Cole. By the way, that's all about the like- you can't have like di- you can have I'm different cold, body baby. types within that, you know. Like, Perhaps, of course yeah. you can. But well, yeah, I think it's more part like of the especially cold... now where it's everybody knows it's fake, and so now it's like, well, who can have the most exciting match, and let's see how that works out. And of course, there needs to be a level of believability, but Adam Cole matches that level. It, it depends on who he's wrestling. I think it's like if you play like SmackDown video games, you can't have Rey Mysterio body slam Big Show. I don't and, even think it's but... the size thing. I think it's the how quickly he his matches go so like it, it he needs to slow down a little i think that's like an nxt thing and and because he's small it seems even a little more ridiculous because he's getting up so quickly and delivering a new move and then that guy's i mean there's, I, I there's that say... he does but he doesn't wrestle the way that he looks sometimes and that in booker t's mind a lot of old school guys minds you're you're hurting the business to some degree because of that that he should be wrestling as a a smaller guy 
and and wrestle to his size or or work around it rather than you know you can and he had the same thing in wwe when he wrestled pat mcafee pat mcafee is like 11 feet tall and he's you know getting picked up by adam cole it's you know like, what these are the ah, same people who cool. thought chris benoit shouldn't be world champion and i just think it's terrible <laughs> well we were right then and we're right now <laughs> it's uh it, you know it's it, my thing is like i don't think uh, bodies are very important but they shouldn't be as important because you know you will get ufc and it's like all right well, some of the baddest men in the world, you know, look like Daniel Cormier, you know, like, so I can buy some of this. Of course. The problem the is, guy, is that Adam Cole in... doesn't even look like that. Right. But the thing you is, know? if the toughest guy <laughs> in wrestling, by, if the toughest guy in wrestling by far is Haku, and Haku does not have the, the most tone-defined physique in wrestling, that's okay. It plays to who his character is. I think part of Booker's frustration in it is how Adam Cole wrestles and presents himself based on how his physical appearance is. That's always been my issue, you know, and it's like when he's submitting, like, like a moment where I was just like, Oh God, I'm, I'm just done. was when he submitted Dax with a sharpshooter, which is him putting his weight on a much larger guy. And it's like, I don't see where the weight is. <laughs> no, but didn't he hurt his leg or something? Yeah, it was a really well-told story. It was mostly his back. Yeah, was, right? He hurt his back really bad or something, so it looks yeah. like any weight would do it. But I'm sure it's happened before, but yes. Yeah, any weight, but there was none. <laughs> right, folks. Well, look, join our Patreon, guys. $5. You get um, three extra episodes a month, one of which is a bonus roast. For $10, you get two extra episodes a week. Uh, so that that's pretty sweet. Um, check out uh, my Instagram, Dan St. Duran. I'm, I'm dropping a lot of videos there. Um, wait, 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 dude. There might be there might be breaking news for Forbidden Door, dude. What? Unless this is a bit. Tomohiri Ishii has a, a knee injury, and so he's out of the match. Uh, out of the four-way and Clark Connors is in. I don't know if that's true. Oh, but... geez. All right. Well, we'll we'll go into that more in our uh, Forbidden Door. Speaking speaking of larger guys who have gotten beaten by Adam Cole. <laughs> uh, so we will. Damn it! <laughs> so uh, we will be covering Ooh. that on our Forbidden Door page. Yeah, guys. Yeah, um, it's true. I'm, I'm gonna be, I guess it's coming out Friday. So. In New York this whole weekend, I'm in uh, Brooklyn Comedy Club. The weekend following, I'm in Brooklyn Comedy Club and Gotham Comedy Club. Weekend after that, I'm at the Gotham Comic Strip. So doing a lot of New York clubs, some New York classic comedy institutions. And uh, I will be at the Roaster Ric Flair end of July in Nashville. Will Rick? Point, we don't know. Scott, uh, Scott, at what point do they call this company kind of Japan Pro Wrestling? <laughs> also, subscribe to our iTunes, join our Facebook Injured group, Japan Wrestling. join our YouTube channel, do all that fucking shit. Um, their, their logo is just that lion, but he's got an eye patch. Um, oh, and my <laughs> like, final Like a Rocky is, Romero eye patch or a Julia Hart um, eye patch? Strain um, style. Oh, oh, there's another story they haven't done anything with. Uh, <laughs> I want to thank uh, Mike Lawrence for all the great work he's done in the podcast, all the funny roasts, and for uh, for moderately increasing our audience. I appreciate that, Mike. Uh, we wish you best of luck, and you are welcome back anytime. Um, Scott, what do you got plugged, boys? 
Oh, uh, this Saturday. So tomorrow night, I'm uh, with AEW Stokely Hathaway at the stand at 6 p.m. So come out to that and, uh, yeah, it's the show, you know. That's going to be the new baddie. Yeah, I hope so. I'll definitely be shaking my ass. So whether (laughs) whether he lets me in or not is another thing. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Robert. Oh, fuck, yeah. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at WWCreative underscore ISH. Uh, the ten dollars something of sports entertainment with tier breaking down raw that's always fun and uh, yeah Mike it's been a blast we're definitely gonna miss having you uh, here to speak some sanity when Scott goes off on his uh, pro <laughs> AEW rants also I'm so happy I got to hang out with Mike twice this weekend uh, oh, I nice. ran into him at New York Comedy Club and then me him and Dan got uh, some food. Oh, and thank you whoever photoshopped me into the picture. Oh yes, I uh, love that. The ghost that- of Robert. You yes. know what's crazy? We didn't bring up wrestling at all, right? And we the, were so happy. The only thing we brought up was, I think I checked Twitter once, and I was like, oh, uh, AEW has a show called Quake Quake at the Lake. And we were all just like, And we also talked uh, just comedy gossip, which is pretty close to pro wrestling. Yeah, so. yeah close enough. Close enough. Yeah, yeah, it's like wrestling, but the people die even younger. Yeah, they're um, still dressed like they just. Came oh, from the people airport. die on the inside way younger, but yeah. <laughs> well, I just want to. I'll I'll close by saying thank you so much to you guys, to Zach, to um, the fans. I mean this 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 show really got me through. Uh, you know, it was a fucking tough time for I know a lot of people. It definitely was for me um you know a lot of uh, personal shit was going on and and knowing that i could make linda mcmahon jokes and (laughs) smile and laugh with why'd you turn to frisco there by the way (laughs) linda Linda mcmahon mr (laughs) mcmahon i i i become i become uh you know an an old oklahoman native american when i'm sad No, man, but uh, dude, it's been the fucking best. Like, Dan and Scott are, are two of my oldest friends in comedy, and, and getting to know and meet uh, and, and just hang out with, with Robert has been fucking awesome. And then getting to talk to all the fans, all the funny fucking tweets, all the Facebook stuff. Like, I don't think I'll ever be completely out of this show or out of this family because you guys are worth it you know um and it's been something to look forward to um and you know um when when i get fired in two weeks for um what i did with that paralegal i i will be back <laughs> thank, he, he thank just, you uh, he just uh, he just actually ate in front of her that was it uh, which when is that way happens, more Mike, Mike's going to do a Vince McMahon. He's just going to come back and tell us to wash our hands. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 yes, to quote Dominic Toretto, Mike, it's never goodbye. So Vince, Vince said, "Wash your hands," and Laurinaitis was like, "Okay, Vince, but can I spit on him first? Okay, well, get a thank you, Mike. Chant started as you turn this podcast off. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. Please don't go. Please don't go. Please don't go. Fight forever. One more roast. One more roast. All right. All right. Well, thank you guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks, man. Love you all. Love you, Mike.